much for coming today. Oh, pleasure. I, it was amazing that you accepted the invite today because I have read your debut book, um, Ellie Pillay is Brown, and I have to say that I think there's an Ellie in all of us, us first-generation South Asian women. Um, there are so many moments in it that really resonated with me, and I just became that sort of young, vulnerable 15-year-old with a complete identity crisis um, that I had for a very, very, very long time. And I just want to know from you, what inspired you to write this book? Can I just say, I knew you would get it 100% <laughs> because the name of your podcast is Too British to be Asian, which is yeah. probably like the subtitled name of Literally, Asian. Literally, it could be my diary. It, it, it really could. could be my journal. So I feel like you would totally get it. And I think, like, basically, the reason I kind of wrote it is uh, I think we've all kind of got that 15 year old yeah. inside. And I think what the book is about is, is not just about Ellie, but other characters in the book who were all kind of mm. trying to find that sense of identity and that's everybody from her to her mum to her grandmother yeah. to her best friend and it's just something I think particularly as women mm. um that we we're just constantly like evolving and we've always got a bit of an identity crisis going on and I think there's so much like pressure um to kind of fit into these different molds mm. of who we should be as like teenagers or as young people or as mothers and I think when you add the extra layer of like the South Asian identity yeah. to it there's just kind of so much there but um I basically kind of sat and wrote the book because I just felt like there was a massive lack of representation 100%. in these kinds of yeah. books and I was sort of going through this phase of um watching like loads of like nostalgic films and like all this stuff from the 90s and you know, it's all this kind of feel-good stuff. Mm. And then I just was like, there's not a single person in this that looks like me. Yeah. And it really got me thinking a lot about growing up. And mm. I know you must have had the same thing, where you're just like, okay, who was the big South Asian Hollywood star? Or who was the musician? Or yeah. who was the person that we looked up to? Well, there wasn't anybody. Mm. There was kind of Bollywood, which felt really separate. And then as someone who was in between two cultures and didn't really feel like they got that and didn't really feel like they kind of fitted in anywhere, 100%. there was just nothing that kind of spoke to me and made me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah. So I kind of thought when I started watching all these films again, I was like, something's got to change. And yeah. Particularly being a mum now myself, I do not want my children to go through the world feeling like they can't take up space and 100%. like they don't see themselves in the world around them. And I genuinely think that's why our generation particularly have got an identity crisis. Yeah. Because we are having to now in our 40s make our place. Yeah. Because we didn't, we didn't kind of have that mould when no, we, we were kids. Well, well, no, we didn't. You know, our, our parents who weren't born here came with their Indian heritage. So they, didn't, they had an yeah. identity. They didn't have yeah. this... this complete confliction of of being brought up in two cultures exactly so we had that we had that in a in a fight in us that you know we had to sort of like try and focus on you know some days we had to uh, adapt to the british values and then other days we had to then revert back when maybe when was when we got home mm. we had to revert back to that kind of indian like culture and yeah and it and it became a crisis it, it was a crisis yeah. um but you know, what resonated with me um, is the, the different kind of subject matters that you actually like cover. Because 
I find that Ellie is on this journey of self-love, a kind of love story, and Ellie's love story to herself. And like a lot of what you said about stuff like colorism, like she wears a, you know, a yellow dress and she's told, like the character in there is told that not to wear the yellow dress because it emphasizes her dark skin. Like, aha, mm. like these aha moments. Yeah. And was, did it, I can, I can kind of like feel, was it quite emotional journey for you to be writing this down? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was a really cathartic experience. Yeah. And I think a big part of that in some ways was kind of writing some wrongs yeah. from my own kind of upbringing because I really, you know, without giving too much away, I wanted it to be a really joyful and optimistic story. And mm. I didn't really want to delve too deeply into some of the the harsher, brutal realities of yeah. being a first-generation immigrant mm. and how that can be really tough when you're kind of outside, particularly of the big, diverse cities. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it was kind of to do with sort of being able to sort of pass on this knowledge that you have as an older person, which yeah. is that if you like yourself and you start there then everything else will come. And mm. I really wish I could like tell that to 15-year-old me and just yeah. go, you know what, you're okay. You don't have to look like Kate Moss mm. and you don't have to, you know, be the coolest kid in school. You don't have to be a doctor. You can actually just learn to like yourself. And I really wanted Ellie to go on that journey yeah. of kind of accepting herself and realising that if she was okay with herself, then she would attract good people mm. and she would kind of... Yeah, she would sort of protect herself from the world. And I think, you know, that's definitely something I was not wise enough yeah. to know at 15. I don't know about you. But we, we weren't told, I, th I think, no. as well. Like, it wasn't a thing, was it? It wasn't a thing. No. And also, our, it wasn't a thing for our parents either. <gasps> no. You know, yeah. so, and, you know, for them to come over and live in a country where they couldn't speak the language, they didn't understand, the, it was an alien culture to them. Mm. And also, you know, it kind of they were sort of enticed to come because yeah. they were offered so many opportunities, but yet they've come and wasn't so. A lot yeah. of racism that was involved um, in that as well. So, yeah, I, I definitely did resonate. But what, what, were some of the, what were some of the real emotional struggles that you had, like, writing this book? What did you find difficult? Um, I think probably just the kind of... The kind of the process that Ellie goes through at the beginning when she feels invisible, I think is something that I felt a lot when I was growing up. And I think if you spoke to people that I went to high school with, they'd be mm. like, well, that's not true. Because I think I was someone that came across as really kind of confident. You had, an, you had a public persona. I had a public persona, yeah. but I was the person that would go and sit in the toilets and just have to kind of go, everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay. Mm. Because I just felt so at odds yeah. with everybody and there was just you know where I grew and up and alone right because there's no one yeah there's nobody, no one like you <laughs> and no one was talking about it and I think particularly when we were growing up yeah. it was like I was taught by my parents as you probably were mm. like never use the race card yeah. like I was just always told you're gonna have to just work a bit harder yeah. you're gonna have to be better that's how you get where you need to don't go. come across don't challenge things don't chat exactly it comes across like you've got a chip on your shoulder and never yeah, yeah exactly it's almost like you had to just gloss over everything yeah. and go I'm not finding this hard or okay I'm just gonna pretend to know not to notice that the bus driver has driven past me 
for like the fifth day on the row yeah. and you kind of and it yeah. you sort of laugh about it and I think there's a lot of kind of I think that's the, why the book is humorous as mm. well because there's such a fine line yeah. between kind of comedy and tragedy but I think some of those things like thinking about those little microaggressions which now as an adult I feel I can cope with and yeah. I feel capable I've got like the sort of like the resilience to deal with it but when it's you're, taken a journey though yeah it's, it's it's going back to that time of just feeling really vulnerable and also just not having friends around you who just mm. don't notice it's happening to you yeah. so for me i really oh god yes it's like being in you know like being in a group and knowing having that gut feeling that you know there's a someone has a problem with the color of your skin but because they're not outwardly yeah sort of saying it it's so funny because that's just so true mm. and it's just like the number of times i remember like going out in the evenings and just you'd get to this certain point of the evening and people would have had a bit to drink and you'd yeah. be like what's who's going to say it first the who's going to use the word yeah. yeah and you kind of this anxiety kicks in and for me i just hid i got yeah. to that point I started going out, and particularly when I got out of my kind of little nice little school bubble and we'd yeah. start kind of going out properly, you know, you get things where someone would just, like, push you out of the way yeah. to, like, get to your tall, leggy blonde mate. Yeah. And leggy blonde mate would just be like, oh, look at me, I'm so... And you'd just be like, he literally just treated me like dirt. This yeah. guy's just literally pushed me onto the floor. Which is loyalty. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost... But it's not even... I just don't think they noticed. And it's mm. because you gloss over it and you kind of go, oh, I just tripped or whatever. Yeah. You just like, stuff like that, I think, as I was kind of writing it, I, I kind of, it brought a lot of stuff back. Yeah. And I just thought, oh God, I feel, I wanted to just go back to me at yeah. that age and yeah. just go, do you know what? Give yourself it's going to be hug. all right. Yeah. Give you, just give <laughs> yourself a hug. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. Go, yeah. That's as it, you say. yeah. But also, what I did find with the book as well, it did cover some universal issues that not, you know, which feels, you know, I, I feel quite warm to because at least it's not just us, you know, yeah. issues happened like with other cultures as well. But again, wasn't talked about, you know, we, you know, there's the relationship that one of the characters has. Oh, we can't say too much though, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one of the characters has with, with another girl, you know, and yeah. And that's something that I just feel like we're only just starting to talk about now. Yeah. It's the fact that the acceptance of not just that you're gay or straight, but actually being bisexual. Yeah. You know, there, there seems to be, um, you know, certain communities not happy about that because it's greedy or it's, you know, you can't have both or you can't, how can you be attracted? It must be a preference. But even like those sorts of subjects. Yeah. I think it's just really complicated because, you know, I think everybody wants to be happy. And mm. to be happy, you just have to accept that different things make different people happy. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, I feel like I've got to a point in my life where I just want my children to be in a position where they can just choose whoever they want to be with. And I genuinely mm. don't care. And I just will support whatever identity they have. Yeah. But that is very different to, like, my parents or mm. grandparents or family. And I think that's partly an age thing partly a cultural thing but I feel like where we are at the moment in the world is that we're just starting to have mm. tough conversations about stuff and go do you know what we have to just allow people to be themselves to be just be yeah, to just be mm. like why is it not okay yeah. I you know I do find it quite difficult when people are intolerant because I'm yeah. just like it takes so little to mm. just allow someone to be themselves yeah. and just 
allow yourself to just adapt and change. Yeah. It's such a small thing, but as we know, mm. it can make such a big impact on someone's life when you 100%. just go, yeah, you want me to call you that? That's fine, you know? And yeah, people have this conflict of, you know, someone just falls in love with someone. It, they have to be put in a box of like, but I thought you were straight, you know, like, mm. but maybe someone has just fallen in love with somebody, you know? Yeah. You know, something I do want to speak to you about, there's so much I want to speak to you about, but <laughs> there's one thing I did want to speak about is that you actually um, covered um, a part of the story where the mother of, of um, Ellie actually starts like kind of going through her journey of starting to kind of like talk about her past and you know her, her treatment from her family and also mm. um her own children as well like there was a, de a huge death in the family and how she sort of dealt with that that's something that is so common right mm. some of you know some of the traumas like the cycle i talk about generational cycles of trauma yeah that we inherit from our parents, but also they've inherited from their parents. Yeah. And that's something that was, that felt quite difficult because there's such a book of triggers, right? <laughs> yeah, it totally is. And I think that whole thing with Ellie's mum mm. is just, it's just the fact that she's come from this family that don't talk about things. Mm. And I think that is something in South Asian sort of families where we can talk about everything yeah, else, yeah. but actually our feelings mm. and kind of like real kind of emotional truths sometimes. You know, someone saying to you, oh, you're wearing yellow, it makes you look dark. You just want to, it's having that moment of going, I'm really offended by that. I actually don't care if I look dark. Yeah. I think I look great. And I think being dark is great. Like it's, you would just be like shunned by your family having for being aggressive. Yeah, you know, yeah. That. But I mean, I think in a way they'd be like, oh, just, okay, it hurt your feelings, just gloss over it, pretend it didn't happen. Mm. There's a lot of that kind of um, having to do things yeah. to make everybody think everything's okay, and it's mm. very much about perception. And I think that's quite hard to grow up in, that sense of, like, not talking about things because you need everything to sort of look perfect mm. from the outside or people can hear mm. us. Or, and I it's think a the stigma, more we, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's one of those stigmas that I've, I feel like I don't, there's part of me that thinks that that generation doesn't even know how to talk about it. Like, they wouldn't even understand, like, how to even start a conversation of, please don't talk to my daughter like that, it's disrespectful. You know, yeah. but it just didn't happen, did it? It didn't, and I think something that was really interesting for me is, like, my dad passed away 18 months ago, mm. and in the kind of years before he passed away, we had some really deep conversations about this oh, stuff. Wow. And we talked a lot about, how difficult it was for him to come here, mm. how hostile it was, about the fact that he worked a lot of hours and didn't really notice a lot of the stuff that was going on with us. And I told him some of my experiences of things that had happened to me. And he genuinely was like, I didn't know that mm. happened. And we started to, started to have that conversation. But it was normalised, wasn't it? Because yeah, it, but it took a lot. And he was in his 70s when we were having that conversation. Wow. That is not something I could have spoken to my dad about when he was in his 40s and I was like a teenager, yeah. he wouldn't have been open to that discussion. Mm. Um, but it is interesting how, you know, the world is kind of moving towards yeah. this kind of slightly more open-minded kind of place. Mm. But I do think there's just so much stigma and there's so much pressure culturally to mm. sort of please people yeah. and be the version well, we've sort of, of yourself that your family wants you to be instead yeah. of just being who you are. 
we've been groomed. Mm. That's probably not a, 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 an appropriate word, but it it just feels we have we we have been groomed to sort of like um, follow a belief system that has been going on for a very long time. And it's, you know, it's a lot to do with even years ago, like, you know, we talk about arranged marriages, for example. Mm. If we talked about that, um, the way that um, women held themselves and actually, you know, would poise themselves and things like that and how they came across and what kind of career path that they were going through, what they, you know, what they had studied would determine if they were suitable you know, for a marriage and, mm. you know, even stuff. And that was from our parents, right? I mean, that's our yeah. parents' generation. Yeah. That's not very far away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. And I think that's why our generation have got this massive identity crisis because mm. there's such a cat, like, like such a huge shift between, you know, parents that grew up in kind of like Eastern culture, absolutely mm. ingrained in that, and then came to the West, but still had that kind of Eastern culture inside them and it was what yeah. they knew and they'd grown up being in the majority, being, yes. you know, part of just the norm mm. and then came to, you know, the UK, for instance, and, you know, were able to bring that with them. Mm. And then us being born here mm. and having to sort of navigate between yeah, that yeah. and then the West and trying, as you say, to sort of be this person over here to please this person mm. and literally walking through a door and having to be someone completely yeah. different. And I think that we, as when we're young, we just get through that. Yeah. And we just do it because we, we do. Survival it, mode. It's survival <laughs> mode. And then as you get older, mm. you start to go, trigger, trigger, yeah, warning, yeah, oh, this has happened. Yeah. And it's something that we're kind of trying to change for our children. That's and that's right. one of the reasons I wrote the book, because, you know... Ellie's experience is universal, not just mm, the fact that she's a right. sort of first generation immigrant and she's going through those experiences of trying to kind of navigate between what her parents want her to be and what she really is, mm. but also just because that identity thing, I think, is everyone. Like, yes. genuinely, I, you know, as I said, like, even when my dad died, like, there were so many things that he wanted to achieve that he mm. hadn't got to, or I think we're always in that place where we just... Well, working out yes. who we are, or we're just changing all the time. You 100%. Know? You know, and something that um, I sort of like think is the next sort of generation because both our children are mixed race, aren't yeah. they? So, that for me, you know, when we talk about identity, I always think to my children because, you know, they're very. Um, they're very interested in their Indian culture. Yeah. Um, but because I was kind of brought up in a very Western, very British sort of household, I'm finding that. I've now had to go back because I don't speak my mother tongue. Yeah. So that's something that's really difficult because, mm. you know, if you do any, study any language, you know, culture is embedded within language. Mm. So I feel like it's got to a stage now where I'm going to have to now work with my children and work on culture. And, and it's actually something that can be quite beautiful, you yeah. know, um, yeah. but start speaking our mother tongue and start actually understanding about where my daughter half of where my daughter is from yeah you know yeah and that will be the next and that's the, i'm just sort of like trying to sort of make sure that the next generation doesn't have that issue i know exactly what you mean because yeah. i feel that my parents were very they were very aware that we stuck out mm. anyway so they tried not to do anything that would make us stick out further so i also don't speak my mother tongue right and it's 
been like a source of like sadness for me that yeah. I don't, and I almost feel a bit ridiculous. Mm. It's almost, and again, that's Do you think the identity. You've been cheated? I don't feel cheated. I just feel a bit like, am I a proper anything? Can yeah, I really call yeah. myself a proper Tamil when I don't speak Tamil? Mm. You know, I'm not really properly English because I can't trace my heritage back. I mean, you, you yeah. know, it's sort of like, you sort of feel like you're not kind of a proper Asian yeah. and you're not really a proper English person and you're not really a proper anything because yeah. you're this like weird hybrid thing. And I think that's what I love about the book, mm. which is this thing of going... Actually, I am a proper something. You and I, yeah. we're a subculture. We have created, like, this kind of immigrant generation. That's what we are. Does it like, make me less Asian just because I don't speak my mother tongue? Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? we're, yeah. just, we're just a different generation yeah. of, of that. And I think we're just evolving this idea of what it is to be Asian yeah. in the same way that being English can be being brown. Yeah. It can be being black. It can be being anything yeah it can mean whatever you kind of want it to so let's let's go back to the actual writing process because I want to know have you always wanted to be a writer I mean is this something that you've done as in childhood is this something that you did you know kind of as you say journaling you did some journaling is this like the result of that or is this something that you just one day you just had to tell this story I think it's a bit of both weirdly right. so I was always somebody that liked to write and I always was someone that's very dramatic. If something bad happened, I had to just like write it down, you know how I felt. Um, and I sort of always loved creative writing. And I think, mm. again, I probably would have loved to have, have been a journalist or gone down a different career path. Mm. But I did feel a certain amount of pressure to do something else that was kind of... So even you still had those expectations laid on you? I think it was expectations partly that I laid on myself that I wanted to sort of please my family. Right. And I sort of... Very common again. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of, you know, it's not like they sort of said to me, you have to do this, but I definitely felt pressure that I couldn't couldn't kind of do the sort of degree that I wanted to do because mm. it wasn't kind of considered, you know, prestigious enough, if yeah. you like. And I think that that definitely drove me down a certain kind of path. So... I probably did always want to be a writer and it, I always slightly suppressed it. And I have done a lot of writing within my kind of day job and what I do now in kind of advertising. So I have written, but not in a kind of fiction mm. sense or long prose. But it was genuinely that moment of one day just going, I have to tell this story. And I can't, it, it literally was, I remember sitting in bed and I just wrote the very first line, which is, my name is Ellie, Ellie Pillay. And that was it. I was just off. It was like, wow. it just poured out of me. Like, I had to tell this story. And I just wanted her to have this amazing journey of mm. self-discovery. And it was really satisfying and cathartic yeah, to kind of give imagine. her this wonderful were, kind of Were ending. there not moments, though, that were just so difficult? Like, you just felt, I, I just can't and I have to stop. And I didn't, actually. I really did just kind mm. of... There were bits of it that I really loved writing, like the kind of romance things. Because oh, yeah. probably, I don't know what your high school romantic life was like, but uh, mine zero. was pretty <laughs> bad. So it was slim I don't pins. think I can even call it uh, a love life. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm probably uh, with you there. And I just remember, you know, just always wanting to have one of those dramatic, yeah. kind of grand... Feel good, rom-com yeah, kind someone of... Someone that yeah. just can't get enough of you and is yeah. just desperately in love with you. So I just really enjoyed that bit of it and I really focused on that. I think the family stuff just kind of came mm. really naturally and 
a lot of it was just about sort of, you know, forgiveness and compassion. Yeah. And I know that like that's a big part of it is just her kind of actually going, yeah, my parents are people. And yeah. they're also going on journeys. And that's, you know, we kind of expect our parents to be perfect. And we're mm. parents now. We know we're not. So the definitely the characters definitely do evolve, don't they? From the beginning, from the sort of like sort of surface level of what mm. we see, to really like kind of digging deep into the kind of like what they're going through. You know, um, an issue that you brought up in it, um, the abandonment issue. So although that happened physically in the book, there's also that sort sort of mental abandonment that a lot of South Asian women get from their parents that sort of like disconnect. Yeah. And I think you highlighted that really well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the thing, um, you know, that Ellie kind of goes through where she feels a bit like nobody sort of notices mm. her. And in a way, that's why she sort of allows herself to mm. be invisible or in a way she wants to not be a bother to anyone. She, does, mm. she knows her parents are going through this terrible thing mm. and actually she's going through it too, mm. but she doesn't want to... She doesn't want to be a bother. She doesn't want to, like, be a burden to them. So she sort of kind of hides herself away mm. and she feels abandoned, but they sort of feel like, externally, they're looking at her thinking, oh, she's quite together. She's just handling yeah, it. Yeah. But actually, it's just because she's trying almost to be quite adult. She's not yeah. an adult. She's a kid, no. so it's having an impact on her. She's not really mature enough to handle it by herself. No, and she does handle things by herself because she it's does, yeah. something that... Um, I think my my sort of um, one of the terms I use is I have to lead by example, mm. and unfortunately the example that she is led by is that you just you know you deal with things on your own. Mm. Um, something like wonderful as well that you highlighted was something that I think a lot of South Asian girls go through, is the fact that um, Ellie's mum in it is has a very close relationship with Ellie's friend. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. They seem to be quite together, like doing lots of girly things together. However, poor Ellie, yeah, feels that she's again that abandonment. So yeah. you've got the physical abandonment, but also the mental sort of disconnect. Yeah, don't you? I think that's partly though Ellie's character in the sense mm. that she's got herself into this sort of headspace where she's like, my mum's not interested in me, and she doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. And actually, her mum's like, Ellie's not doesn't want to spend time with me. And mm. she doesn't care. So I think it's partly just they're not communicating with each other. So it's a kind of two-way thing. Very common. But exactly. <laughs> Again, and just not talking about it. So rather than going, do you know what, Mum, I'd really like you to take me to get my nails done. Yeah. She just sits there and goes, you've yeah, gone yeah. with my friend and I'm really but again, upset, how did you know? we talk to our parents like that? We just wouldn't, would we? We, we wouldn't, no. How, you know, I'll, we wouldn't. We, we wouldn't say, Mum... Can you love me more, Mum? Can we spend time with me more, Mum? Can we? Yeah. Do can we be closer? Yeah. Um, a lot of girls don't do that, and then I think when girls do do that, you're kind of again you're dealing with a person that has their own traumas and is yeah. and is you know yeah. teaching by the example that she was taught. You know that's it. I mean, we're all just sort of we're all just a version of our families. Like we mm. can't. Um, help it you know I find that now I'm a, a parent yeah. I sometimes kind of catch myself saying things I do that I, and oh, I'm like oh, what am I doing like my son had that, to do was this. that me or my mom yeah <laughs> but like I can be really 
like I'm going to regret saying this oh. now on camera and on this podcast, but I can be really hard on my kids. Yeah. I have high expectations of them. Yeah. And I, I find myself doing those same things. And I, you know, I almost am like, it's like I'm parroting the same stuff. I'm like, yeah. well, this isn't the sort of house that I grew up in. You're very lucky to have all these things. And aren't <laughs> you so fortunate? And I'm constantly telling these yeah. stories of like when I was younger and where we lived and how we had to be so careful with we money. We are the victims. And, and, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I just think I used to roll my eyes at those yeah. stories as a kid. You know, my dad's favourite story, which was like, we had one egg to share between the seven of us or whatever. I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, oh God, it's the egg curry story again. Here we go. And we'd really, because we could, we were so far removed from yeah, that. And my yeah. kids are far removed from, from how I grew up. So yeah. yeah, it's just that thing, isn't it? Of just yeah. perpetuating the I know. cycle. How, how do we, that, how do in we that cycle? Yeah. We have conversations like this. Yes, 100%. Do you know what I mean? 100%. That's what we do. Yeah. I think as well, like when you say like, you do feel it like, even as a parent, you know, I... I find it very difficult on on managing that sort of mixed sort of heritage that they mm. have on like, you know, sometimes I have to focus on this, but then, you know, from what I know of it, they're not it's not a great thing, you know, part mm. of the culture that I know. So it's really hard to sort of get that balance right, isn't it? Just... It is. And like I like you don't feel as if I've got enough knowledge myself to mm. impart. No, that's so right. it's things like yeah. I don't do I don't I'm not qualified. I, I don't cook <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been like hired for this job and I'm a complete fraud. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. do this. So yeah, I totally I totally feel you there. But I think all we can do is try and also what we're teaching them is our version of our culture well, and that's, that's right. still valid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? your version of your Indian culture is still Indian culture right it's just your version not your mum's or your grandmother's yeah. or and I think that's okay too to go do you know what guys I don't cook well, of course food. it is let's yeah, go yeah. to a restaurant yeah you yeah. know that's fine too that's you know? right that's, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that because you know you've got to remember like we've been born here but we've gone through the process of being in a British school you know a British school yeah. this is a Christian country do you ever get called to... coconut Loads. I mean, that, that was normal. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was yeah, that yeah. was really that was normal. just a normal day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And I think that's a perfect name yeah. for how we kind of almost felt as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I feel like I was sort of like sort of guided into that sort of route because obviously not speaking my mother tongue because I, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons my podcast is called Too British to Be Asian yeah. because when I the school I went to had majority was white. Yeah. So same here. therefore, yeah, yeah. I was always going to be more focused and sort of more identify more with my white counterparts. Um, that said, when I went to college, suddenly there was this like I was introduced to so many amazing, amazing, like Indian cultures, you yeah. know. But unfortunately, I th I then went through the route of where are you from, and that then I was like, um, oh. oh Middlesex, I, I, you know, like I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wasn't used to that term. Yeah. And then I didn't understand that, depending on what I said, would then determine for them if I would be their friend or be part of their group or oh you know, God. you know, yeah. the hierarchy really of, yeah. of of having the you know friends from this, I thought same community, but then I was so now. I'm now subjected to, the, to this internal racism, mm. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's hard to cope with. <laughs> it is, and I do, I do think that is something that first-generation immigrants really have to 
you know, really suffer with yeah. is that kind of internalised hatred because yeah. you don't know who you are and you don't kind of know who you should identify with. And actually, realistically, nobody. You no. kind of are a bit like, well, I don't really fit into that group. And I, I'm the same as you. Like, I meet other, yeah. like, Sri Lankan Tamil people and I'm so, you know... Please don't say it. Please don't ask the question. Please don't ask the question. <laughs> I just feel like I don't know. Like, you said it perfectly earlier when you were like, I'm not qualified. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. But I think it's just like, it's not a job interview. It's no. not like, I feel like we have to get to that point where we just, just kind of shamelessly say, yeah, I'm from, I'm from, I'm from Sheringham. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm from Sheringham via Colombo, yeah. Sri Lanka. Like, yeah. that is where I'm from. I'm I not, mean, they can tell by you your know. accent, right? You like me. You've, you've, you've got, you don't have a twang. No. You know, you don't have any of that. So when people used to meet me, they used to go, oh my God, like, your voice. You could be in EastEnders. Like, I'm, <laughs> I personally love to be in EastEnders. Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah, like... It, it, straight away when I'd speak that would be it for some people you know like yeah British to be Asian like I used to get this thing all the time when I got married um and I sort of legally changed my name mm. which mostly was just to do with the fact that I was traveling with the kids and my children are mixed race and they were really fair when they were born and everyone always thought I was trying to like you know abduct them abduct them <laughs> so I thought it'd be easier if we all travel on the same name so mm. I just remember like you know working with people and emailing them and then we'd meet in person I'd see this almost like visible kind of that's right oh because your, your name is Christine like yeah, my name is Sharon exactly yeah, yeah. so I'd have that little moment whereas you know when it's Christine Palanigan which is yeah. my maiden name and what I think of as my authentic name who you are it's who yeah. I am like it's just like you see it straight away but at the same time, again, I'm kind of struggling with myself of just saying, but I don't need that. I shouldn't mm. need to be called Pelanigam mm. to be Sri Lankan, brown, Tamil, whatever it is. I should just be allowed to be Me. That. Yeah, exactly. Just be. Like so that's, what, that's the bit that we're trying to do for our kids. That's what yeah. my book's trying to do to kind of go, you know. And I think you do it really openness. well. Yeah. I think you do it really well because it has to start with some truth, right? It, we yeah. have to. And, you know, I want to know what's next. Is this a series? Is this a Netflix series? <laughs> I, I, I wish. Yeah. Uh, I So it is a series. So there's another book coming out next March, I think. Amazing. Um, so it just kind of continues Ellie's story. Um, and that's kind of where it is at the moment. And mm. I'm working on some other sort of other stuff too. Um, but yeah, I just, I love her as a character. I think she's I love so... Her. You know, I think just, there's so... How could you not resonate? Like, how could you not, like, identify with her, though? I think she's just your classic teenager, yeah. like, regardless of, of her colour. Mm. She's just that person that is kind of going... Like, all teenagers are. Mm. They all want to fit in. But actually, there is no such thing as fitting in. No. Like, there is no... So it's just about kind of making your own space, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. the journey that she goes on. But I think it's the one that all teenagers go on, where they kind of just... Mm. want to get invited to the right party or where yeah. the right trainers or whatever it is and actually they kind of just need to be themselves yeah and work out that's the coolest thing to be and everyone should be reading this book Aww. because i just <laughs> i just feel like people are just missing out not reading it because it really does hit home there's some real parts that you're sort of cheering the characters on but there are some real parts that you think oh yes like it was that was me yeah. And yeah, Ellie's okay, I'm okay. You yeah, know? definitely. And I think uh, she, 
sort of is someone that is going to keep evolving. Yes. So I don't 100%. think that she's kind of at this point where she's like suddenly reached this kind of aha moment and mm. everything's fine. I think she's going to do what we all do, which is go, oh, I've worked out how to do everything properly. And then... Yeah she'll get it wrong again yes. or like she's going to go through that kind of process yeah that we do our whole life exactly yeah. i don't think that ever stops until the day we stop breathing i know, you know it's just change you have to come back and talk about your <laughs> next book thing i would absolutely love to thank you so much for having me thank you thank you for joining me on my platform and by the way the yellow looks amazing <laughs> never don't never it's not honoring wear the book. yellow honoring yeah. The book. <laughs> yeah your whole palette yeah like you dress for it. It's I know, definitely. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you very much.